growing up, I my household for breakfast, what was the thing for breakfast, right? Cereal. Okay. Always cereal. Later on it became waffles. But oh, before so you, that it was the it was the reign of cereal. So you took a little step up, you learned a little bit more cooking skill there. Right, All exactly. Right. I actually threw a toaster in that in that sequence there. It actually did a little bit of cooking. Yeah, I mean it's better um, than uh toasting your cereal. Wait, you mean you didn't cook the milk before you put it in? I mean I'd boil it for sure, but you know. <laughs> Yeah, so you got to make sure it's sanitized. You got to you got to pasteurize it a second time. It's yeah, fine. yeah. Um, but you know, it was always cereal, and the and the thing that happened was like as I got older, I, I probably hit about middle school or high school, and it got to the point where I'd had just pretty much every sort of cereal there ever was, so many times <laughs> That's over. A bold statement. <laughs> like, like I mean, not okay. So obviously, with that, with the exception of like different brands and like knockoff brands and things like that, like cereal gets pretty samey, man. You only you like you get you hit a certain point, and it's like you you've had just about every texture cereal has to offer. Yeah, I mean, you can and every taste cereal has to offer. You can only repackage sugar so many times. <laughs> exactly, sugar and corn, or sugar and wheat, or sugar and what, what's the other one? Rice. Yeah, right. <laughs> and that's basically all it is. Um, and just like pizzas, cheese and wheat, but Hey, yeah. Um, but yeah, so like it just got to a point, man, where I just, I was just tired. I was sick of cereal. So that's when I switched to waffles, mm. but you know, as, as time went on, I, you know, I went through high school, got into college and of course out of budget necessity and started buying cereal again. Um, but I started to like it because I ended up finding a certain brand of cereal, an organic brand of cereal that does basically every type of cereal you could possibly want, but it's like three bucks a box. It's cheap. Okay. And yeah, and honestly, tastes way better. I honestly, I don't know if it just comes down to like they use sugar instead of like high fructose corn syrup or something stupid like that. But like, just good cereal. It's, I think it's like it's called like Mom's Best Cereal. You get it at like the organic section. Organic, but yeah, okay. So it's like yeah. So apparently it's organic. I don't. I mean, obviously it doesn't necessarily mean it's healthy, but it's it's good. It's good cereal. I th- I think you're you're not using the word organic right. What like, like organic is like the super healthy cereal. Are you talking like generic? No, no, no dude, I'm not joking. Like so, so you, uh, like the the Kroger that I shop at has like the big like the big organic aisles, right? Uh huh. And like all the stuff is labeled organic, and I mean that cereal is in that aisle, and it says organic on it. Okay, I'll believe you. I I I mean I wouldn't for one second believe that it was healthy. Okay. Like, so like organic, like just because it's organic doesn't mean it's healthy, right? But like, I don't know, man. So, but I've been buying this cereal. They have like the the shredded mini wheats, the the cocoa rice krispies, the cocoa. Or I don't know if they're closer to cocoa rice krispies or cocoa pebbles. Probably more towards cocoa pebbles. Mm. And then like, uh, what else? They have like their own version of tricks, their own version of uh, like Lucky Charms. They've all so far they've all tasted better than their name brand counterparts so let me swing a cash question at you what is okay. your favorite archetype of cereal my favorite archetype y- you know honestly like, disregarding the different brands and whatever just you know like um i think it, off the top of my head i want to say like more towards like a rice based cereal so like uh like a coke like a cocoa krispies like a rice krispies kind of deal mm-hmm. um the, though then again i don't really know like i don't know what like lucky charms is made out of is that like wheat i don't i i think it's actually made of garbage uh, <laughs> it's made of cardboard yeah <laughs> cardboard and sugar yeah um i and i'm partial shavings. i'm partial to the frosted flakes myself just corn flakes 
you know, just plain old Frosted Flakes. Yeah, just plain Frosted. They're so good. It's such a good classic. Like you don't mess with it. You know. I mean that that's fair. And you know what? I don't get those like the people that get like the non sugar sh- cereal, but then they get like the the regular sugar and they just like throw spoonfuls of sugar on top of their cereal that's not that doesn't have sugar in it. And it's like, dude, like no, because then all that's happening is, is like it's just sitting there at the bottom of your cold milk and you're just drinking a bowl full of milky sugar. Okay, sugar filled milk. I don't know. Here, let me swing another question at you. Okay, this this is very important. Are you <laughs> a milk first or a milk later kind of guy? Nah, dude, cereal first, milk, and then milk. Yeah, cereal first and then milk. Right? That's like, how you do. Yeah, it's universal. You, can, you, can, you don't. Yeah, yeah. If you do it the other way, like you, you either got out of the bed like the wrong side of the bed that morning, you just fucking forgot, or you're a masochist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you just hate everything. Yeah. So let me throw a curveball at you. One of my roommates does neither he just eats dry cereal forever Uh, like for breakfast okay dry cereal no matter what kind of cereal it is no matter what kind of cereal he does not put milk does he does he drink a cup of milk with it no he just he just gets the dry cereal and he gets like a spoon with it too so it's basically like normal cereal what no actual fuck yeah that's so weird like why would you like if, if I was eating dry cereal, all I would do is like put it in like a solo cup or something and just like just pour it in my mouth. Yeah. That's what I would do. Yeah. Or maybe like, you know, eat it kind of like almost chips. You know what I mean? Just like grab it out of the bag with your right. hands every now and then and just, you know, pop a few in your mouth. Yeah. So like, I, so there's already ever been like one cereal that I've ever actually went out of my way to eat it dry. And that was, uh, I think it's Kellogg's Crave. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, I it's think like, so. They're like, the, they're like uh, rectangular shaped and they got like chocolate in the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotcha. Yeah, so the thing with those is, I don't know if it still is like that anymore, but like I, I discovered the first time I ate it and I poured milk over them, it got so ridiculously soggy so instantly Ooh. that like it just was not good. Like it was just like you're eating basically, I don't know, oatmeal. Like, like this was the texture, like cold oatmeal. Um, or cold cocoa wheats more so. Oh, that um, is gross. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, dude. So like, I, I would just eat that cereal dry, and then I would drink a cup of milk with it. Mm. That's what I would do to compensate because I enjoyed the cereal because it was chocolatey as fuck and it had lots of sugar in it. But like, you know, you just drink the milk with it; it's fine. But and the, but the, here's the thing though, like that is still kind of weird that he eats just about any cereal for no particular reason other than he just enjoys dry cereal because usually the only other time you ever see someone eat dry cereal is when they're high off their ass <laughs> yeah no it's he just he just likes his normal normal dry cereal that's what i'm saying I, like you see in the movies do when people get high they're just eating like out of the box of cereal just like pouring it directly into their mouth yeah <laughs> it's like man we need more fruit loops like yeah i don't know what to tell it still baffles me to this day but let's get the show on the road. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Tiny Disc Podcast, a show about games and life. I'm your host, Robert Scarpanito, and I'm joined here by Colin Sparling. Hey, everybody. And no Jack Zepedo this week. Um, he is off busy this week and will be back hopefully next week to join us on this lovely little podcast. But this week will probably be a shorter episode sans Jack. Uh, so I guess get hype. <laughs> whether or not it'll be shorter we, we'll, we'll see yeah we'll, we'll see we'll see um but yeah so i just want to say here at the top um we talked about castlevania last week the netflix castlevania and um i think at the end of this episode we're going to do another spoiler cast of the netflix castlevania season one four episode thing 
Um, yeah, don't worry. Snape just kills Dumbledore like several times. Wow, spoilers, man. I haven't even finished reading uh, Harry Potter. <laughs> I haven't either. I haven't either. That, that I actually haven't. I'm only halfway through the fourth book, but I've had everything in the, that series spoiled for me. I'm still reading it. But yeah, so tune in for that at the end if you're interested. If you've already seen all the Castlevania um, Netflix series and you're interested in our thoughts, stick around for it. Um, but I think first thing on the docket for us to get kind of into here, uh, Colin, you're a fan of Dragon Ball, right? Uh, to say the least. So a little bit. You're interested. Um, I mean, my nine seasons worth of DVDs, I mean, would say I'm pretty interested. <laughs> right. Um, so there's that new Dragon Ball Fighter Z, Dragon Ball Fighters. I don't really. Fighter, I've heard it both ways. Yeah, I'm, I'm leaning toward Fighter. But the Z is capitalized. I'm just going to say like it's the separate Z thing because it's called Dragon Ball Z. It's not called Dragon Balls. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm leaning toward Fighter Z too. Um, so what's really interesting about this game, right? Okay. So like I've, I've played my share of dragon ball games obviously obviously most of them fighting games right or like fighting type games of course because um, that just fits what dragon ball is um right but i like with dragon ball fighter z like they announced this at e3 so it's been about like a month or so since we've known about it um it's going to be developed mm-hmm. by the by arc system who developed guilty gear and blast blue so they're pretty well versed in creating like good anime fighting games like anime style fighting games and uh what they're doing is they're announcing the characters that'll be in the game kind of very slowly, like slowly peeling back the Just curtain. Just kind of let them let them trickle out a little bit, little by little. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's a thing that, um, like, quite a few fighting games tend to do that or something similar to that, you know, whenever they're introducing right. a new character. And I never thought I'd get hype about it in a Dragon Ball game. Because, <laughs> you know, before, <laughs> like, when, whenever I was going to play, like, Budokai Tenkaichi, I'm like, well, n- duh, like... Cell's going to be in this game like of course right like right you know right, of course i'm not looking forward to seeing who's in it because i already expect everyone to be in it whereas with this uh with dragon ball fighter z they just announced that trunks is going to be one of the people like one of their lineup characters i'm like yo that's got me stoked like it shouldn't yeah because, i mean but, well, the, the, the thing is though like so far we've seen like especially the art style with this game it's just like almost persona five levels of stylish mm. like it's big on style and just really like somehow they're able to catch the 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 bigness like i don't know like the the the, uh, the the uh the scale that's what i was looking for <laughs> the scale of like the cartoon and like the the vibe of the cartoon in this 2d fighter like really well and it's really mm-hmm. awesome but it's they're doing it with like a sense of style that we we'd only see in like a persona 5 type game or something yeah no i totally agree i think um this game like looks really cool and i'm not expecting like a hundred ross like a hundred person roster there's no way this game's gonna what i mean this isn't gonna be like tenkaichi three levels of roster (laughs) no i i mean i'd hope not it'd be cool i guess to see that but i feel like it wouldn't be as good of a game absolutely it'd just be ludicrous yeah um i'm willing to bet this game won't have more than like 30 people in the roster uh just so every character feels unique fair enough yeah so I don't know. It's so weird, right? That like character announcements for a Dragon Ball Z game are finally interesting after what thirty years, <laughs> thirty years yeah, of Dragon know, Ball. Right? So many Dragon Ball games. Yeah. So I mean, it's a series that's been around for a long time. You know, I heard a statistic a while back. It was I think I told you this before, but it's like it's some fourteen Dragon Ball games are released in Japan every year. Excuse me. Yep. Are we, are we calling 14. in like pachinko machines and all that? I don't know. I don't know what that's based on, but like 14 though. 
I mean, we get at least one or two here every year, so... Right, that's true. And most of them aren't that great, to be fair. No, like, I mean, we basically had Tenkaichi made over and over again up until this point. Yeah. I mean, with the I guess Xenoverse is slightly different, but... Yeah, Xenoverse is more of like an RPG pretending to be a fighting game. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I didn't... I, I honestly didn't have much experience with Xenoverse. I played it like local multiplayer one time and they I thought the controls were kind of garbage personally but yeah I mean I played through Xenoverse 1 a lot and I think it's fun to play it solo um mm-hmm. you know it's got a lot of good story to it but playing it uh multiplayer just isn't fun to me it, it's not your like okay. let's invite my friends over and play some fighting games kind of a thing to me mm, I see yeah cuz um I I mean but it, the the biggest thing about this uh, Dragon Ball Fighter Z game is it's the first time we've seen a two D sort of like arena fighter for, for Dragon Ball Z since Budokai three. Even though technically it's like a three D arena fighter, it's not like uh you know what I mean, like because you can move uh on the X axis, yeah. Or you know what I mean, like you move like this way and that way, like you can like a left or right and forth, yeah, like a left or right. Um, Whereas this is more like a side view, like 2D, like old school Mortal Kombat t- type view, right? Yeah. Um, but anyway, like we've gotten so tired out. Like we've been so uh, fatigued with all these like Tenkaichi type games. Like ever since we had like Tenkaichi 1, Tenkaichi 2, Tenkaichi 3, what, Raging Blast 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. Like, and then uh, there was an ulti- what Ultimate Tenkaichi. I'm pretty sure it was yeah, like Ultimate, Ultimate Tenkaichi. Ultimate Buddha Battle like- of Z. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's um, a couple that I'm missing. Um, speaking of anime fighting games, this new Naruto game coming out that just kind of like s- the trailer just kind of slipped out there, and now Namco is just like, "Hey, check out this new Naruto game is coming out." Yeah, it's, uh, it's not it's not Ultimate Ninja Storm for the fifth time, sixth, seventh time, whatever. So, the, the, so the, this uh, Naruto game, Naruto to Baruto Shinobi Striker. So it looks to be some sort of four v four. Uh, fighting game where you're in these very very oversized arenas and but the difference is not only can you fight each other you're actually you can actually play it looks like different game modes based on the trailer we watched right so yeah they had like so they had like capture the flag and like king of the hill and th- like stuff you know s- gameplay modes like that that's that, that's most of what i could gather otherwise i'm guessing you can just do like uh for like a better word like a death match or something like that where you just or a brawl where you can just take each other on and fight fight it out. Yeah, it seemed very uh, objective based, which is something you don't really see that often in shonen uh, video games, right? Because right. I I'll be the first to admit that I never really played any of the Naruto fighting games. I never really like caught on to them. I've heard they're pretty fun, but Naruto is just one of those shows that I'm not super duper into. Um, Fair enough. Yeah. Um. I, I Naruto like. So the the cool thing I think the biggest thing that surprised me about this game is just like the amount how open like all these arenas are that they're showing off, right? Mm-hmm. Cuz I mean they're literally like jumping on the ground and then running on the walls like using the chakra grip whatever the, they call that jutsu and and like just flying everywhere and just like that cuz it, it's way more open. It was it's basically it looks the beat to be like the Tenkaichi to the Naruto games, which we thought you all like Ultimate Ninja Storm kind of was that, but like it was kind of restrictive. I don't think it was as open, quite as open as uh, the Tenkaichi games were for Dragon Ball Z when they first started. Right. Um, yeah. So I think this is like looking to blow that, like what they wanted to do with Ultimate Ninja Storm, and like pull it up to an even bigger scale, which looks to be pretty sweet. Um, yeah. To me, it kind of looks like 
they're they're throwing in some kind of objectives when it comes to the game mm-hmm. right and i kind of enjoy that dynamic like in in Same. terms I of too. Um, it's refreshing yeah like it's refreshing just thinking about it, it's like oh that's kind of cool you know it's your goal isn't just to beat up sasuke it's um you know to like do something about it like dealing with sasuke is part of the fight still but it's just one small part of it and you work if i'm correct here you work on a team of four right right so it kind of gives me very like overwatchy vibes you know of like it, it makes me well, yeah i don't know if i don't know if it's gonna go like quite like a moba or something like that but like yeah i mean it just it makes me wonder like um if they're gonna go the route where like these characters are like more support type characters and these characters are gps or yes may- um then i think they mentioned that in the trailer they're like this is gonna be more of like a, an attack character this is gonna be more of a support character gotcha kind of thing yeah so i think they are gonna have that i don't know if they're gonna do like a me- like go as far as like having like a medic or a tank or something like that but there's there's definitely going to be some of those elements in there of like kind of strategizing and figure out how you want to build your team and have it built in a, like in an effective way that's going to get you to your goal. Um, what if this is the next big esport? Oh my god! <laughs> I can't even Naruto East Naruto the esport. I can't even say on that a, seriously. <laughs> right, but on a side note, like I know, so I know you haven't seen much of Naruto, but um, it actually might be worth it for you if you if you're interested, like even someone in the anime. Uh, so they're coming out with the Naruto Shippuden Ultimate Ninja Storm Legacy Collection, which has that's a lot of words. I know, right? <laughs> Ultimate. So it's Ultimate Ninja Storm uh, one through four, all like HD remastered for PS4. And the and the cool and why that's cool is it basically like the story mode will basically give you like the entire story of the anime, like all all the way through. So I get to play uh, as Naruto the whole way through. Right. Well, the the cool thing is like it, you get to watch the like the cutscenes. The cutscenes are the best part of those games for me. So because like they basically have the game like in engine, but they completely recreate the anime in the game engine. Oh. So you're basically watching the anime in the cutscenes. That's actually kind of cool. Just, it's actually really nice looking because especially since some of the animation in the the anime can be kind of hairy sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um. So it's like it's like oh, this is like basically a naruto extended movie like it's what it is so honestly like it might be kind of worth it for that the only thing that sucks is i think they're putting like an 80 dollar price tag on it since it's four games in one Yeesh. so but it every game comes with all of its dlc so that's so i don't know i don't know i mean i guess if you're like really into naruto or like you want to really get into naruto that might be a starting point i guess but yeah honestly it, it could be i don't know i don't think it takes that long to get through all the story modes so if you're if you're interested it might be a good way to experience it yeah but at the same time like Crunchyroll's only like seven bucks a month i'm pretty sure they have all naruto on there you know fair enough. <laughs> yeah but then you have to wait through all the filler that's true but it's a it might be a cheaper alternative um but let's move on to our next section here what have you been playing uh recently colin so i've been playing through final fantasy 12 the zodiac age which is this this is my first experience uh with final fantasy 12 i did have a ps2 growing up but i never actually got into final fantasy 12 in particular did you play uh, any other of the ps2 final fantasies well i did play final fantasy 10 okay um but that wasn't until way later because that's when I uh, I actually got a PS2 for like a second or third time. Um, but that's like after I started actually collecting. Right. Um, and then so I got Final Fantasy X and I got like 20, 25 hours in and then I stopped because I heard they were doing like a remaster at the time. So I just waited to get that. Gotcha. And so uh, and I still haven't beaten Final Fantasy X, by the way. Um, that's kind but, of a shame, but 
What can you do? I'll, I'll get to it. So I'll get to it. In that mythical Every, backlog. I, right. Just like everything else, right? Yeah. Um, But yeah, so like so far Final Fantasy twelve, like as a PS2 game, it holds up really well, like graphically. Um, the world, the world building is really nice. The cutscenes look are, are like are very well done. So the, the the speaking of the cutscenes, what's what's really kind of off putting about the the cutscenes in this game is when you're watching them. There's like I thought I had like all my like resolution and everything set up right, but there's a black bar like at the bottom of the screen, like at all times through all the cutscenes, all of them. And Do I'm they like, put subtitles down there? So I was sick because I didn't have the subtitles turned on. So I was like, why is that there? And it was just kind of like chilling there. And I thought it was something to do with, cause I just got a 4k TV. So I thought it was something to do with like the resolution being messed up mm. or something like that. Like I didn't have uh, the screen size or screen position fixed to the right size. Um, and then I was like, wait, so, cause when I got into the actual in game, like the HUD was like fine. Like the proportions for the actual in game stuff was fine. So, when it got to a cutscene again, it did it again. So I turned on the subtitles, and lo and behold, that's where the subtitles go. I don't know why they would go out of their way to put a whole black box there, though. Yeah, that's, that's kind of an odd choice. But so, okay, how many hours into this game are you? So I'm not. I'm still not terribly far. I'm. I'm probably only like seven or eight hours in. But I think I feel like I've like at least experienced enough of the gameplay to get a general idea of how it goes. Obviously, I haven't gotten like so deep in it that I, like I know every every bit about it. But I have the general gist. Um, it's so the the combat is is interesting. It's different than probably any other game that I've played. I think the the closest thing that I've ever played to something like that is uh, like Xenoblade Chronicles. So it, it's kind of like a it's like real you hit time. the button. And, yeah, so it is, it, but it's not. So like you know when you hit the attack in like Xenoblade Chronicles, it like pauses, then you hit the attack, and then it attacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like it just kind of auto attacks as you're picking out what attacks you want to do next. Uh, yeah, kind of the same. Yeah, so kind of the same idea. But like when you hit X, like a menu pops up. Everything, like all the action pauses. Hit the attack button, and then it'll show a list of all the enemies that are in front of you. And then you choose which enemy that's closest to you, or whatever enemy that you think is causing the most damage. And you want to get rid of first, and then you go towards that enemy. It, like you have to manually walk towards that enemy. And make sure you're close enough to it to actually start swinging your sword at it. But then it just auto attacks from there. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So like, um, so that's how that works. And then like, as you're doing that, you just kind of keep track and micromanage what uh, you and most of your party is doing. Um, and then you have like, of course, your magic and your techniques and your items, and you just kind of like pop those in as you keep like auto attacking. Essentially, it sounds um, very. Uh, it sounds very MMO like. It, it it is honestly it is uh yeah because i guess xenoblade kind of is plays like an mmo now that i think about it um but yeah it is it is a lot like that um the coolest thing thing about it though is like they make it easy to micromanage your your uh ai companions by giving you these things called gambits which is like you just go in the menu and you can uh go to the gambits menu and you can basically pre-program certain actions uh for your uh, companions to perform in case of like a certain situation so like say oh ally under 70 percent health use potion on them basically like right. those type so of commands different so strategies if, if, basically yeah so it's really basic programming like if if this then this yeah kind of thing okay. so yeah so you can actually uh turn those on and off via your like basic combat menu mm-hmm. which is pretty nice so like say if you're in combat 
and then you're like, shit, this is getting too tough. Then you can get the hell out of there and you just turn your gambits off to make everyone else stop what they're, what they're doing. You get the hell out. So yeah, that's like kind of like the gist of the combat. And of course, like you have your big magic spells and like, they're still huge and over the top and everything else. Um, I think the thing that's impressed me so much or like the most about the game so far though is definitely the uh like the scale of the story the the story has a very uh political and uh like political story and the world itself is very large and it feels like it's very lived in which is cool um and like there's all kinds of different races the cities feel like they're bit like hustling like hustling and bustling cities like there's always things going on there's tons of uh tons of NPCs to talk to and kind of get an idea of what's going on politically in the city or the, the city. And I don't want to spoil like any of the story. And honestly, I don't, I'm not far enough to understand too much of what's going on myself so far. Um, right. Well, so but it seems like it's, it's going to turn into a pretty sweet thing. Yeah. So this game is, it's not, you know, one of the most celebrated final fantasy games. And I think of most celebrated, it's usually like seven and 10, right? Those are probably yeah. the biggest ones. Um, nine also making some kind of like some special appearances and six as well being very beloved yeah yeah um, six seven nine and sometimes ten is what, it, what i usually hear about yeah um and you don't really hear as much uh uh not really public per se but final fantasy 12 doesn't get as much fanfare i think like it does have its um it's it has its community right it has yeah, like it the, definitely does it's it's a lot of people describe it as one of the more polarizing games. Like some people right. absolutely love it while other people like fucking hate the game. Yeah. Like if you go up to someone and ask them what their favorite final fantasy game is, you're not likely going to hear 12, you know, you're likely going to hear like seven or 10 or six. Right. Uh, depending right, probably exactly. like on their generation and whatever. Um, and I've actually never played final fantasy 12 and I've only recently played final fantasy 10, uh, for the first mm-hmm. time. Uh, so let me see here. So you said you have played 10, right? Yeah. So I personally, I've played, I've played 10, seven and 15 and a, a tiny bit of six. Okay. So That's it. Uh, if I remember right here, 10 and 12 were the only two on the PS2, right? I mean, there was also 11, but that was an MMO. So oh, yes. Yeah. Right. right. And well, I, with the exception of like the spinoff games, but we don't talk about final fantasy 10 too. <laughs> Uh, well, I, yeah, that too. I forgot about that one, but I was thinking like, well, I don't know if was Crystal Chronicles or any of that shit on there. I don't oh, remember. Right, right. Um, yeah, Crystal Chronicles tactics something or other maybe. I don't know. Right, but I mean, it does speak volumes the fact that uh, Square Enix thought that remastering Final Fantasy X twice before they remastered twelve, like they made ten more of a priority. Um, I think that's fair to say, right? So yeah, well, yeah. I mean, so do you think um like that was kind of a disservice based on how much you played with 12 so far. Um, I, I, I don't know. Like, cause my theory behind that would just be the fact that, uh, like just 10 came first. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, but seven also came first and the remaster of that isn't even out yet. Whether it'll ever fair be point, out. Fair right? point. <laughs> yeah. You got me there. But the thing, like they can't just do like a, just a remaster job for something like seven though. It had to be from the ground up. The, Cause the thing is PS2 graphics are kind of like, they're still, they're just above that edge of like, oh, hey, we can just get away with upping the resolution a little bit. You know right, what I mean? Right. Um, and cleaning up, cleaning it up, but otherwise we don't have to really do much to it. Whereas something like Final Fantasy VII, you'd have to completely revamp it because not nowadays people are like, holy shit, that's that's so ugly. <laughs> yeah, probably the uh, one of the ugliest generations of gaming. Yeah, for but sure. um, they they would have to at least give us something like the the Resident Evil remake treatment or something. Right. Um, 
but I digress. Anyway, um, another theory would be also like Final Fantasy X was revolutionary because it basically came out way closer to like the launch of the PS2, right? And it was the first time people had ever seen graphics like that, ever seen cutscenes like that amazing. Right. Because, uh, you know, it was a new console with like DVD, compa- like DVD capacity on their discs and things like that. Um, so that could be why, that's why it's more notable because then you look at two, uh, 12, which came out in 06, I think, at, like in the twilight years of the PS2 era. So, mm-hmm. um, I think that's that, that could be a big reason why. And um, Final Fantasy twelve is definitely way more experimental. It doesn't have the traditional uh, turn-based battle system. It's uh, They're, they're kind of like, hey, we're going to try something new. And a lot of people really liked it. A lot of people really loved the world. And other people really hated it because it just didn't feel like Final Fantasy, even even less like Final Fantasy than ten did. Um, right. In a traditional sense. But um, I don't know. Like the, the gameplay itself, I don't really... I don't know if I quite know how to feel about it yet. I guess I don't know if I ha- I've had enough experience with it, like because I I think my my first initial uh, impression of it was kind of like oh I don't know, like this is kind of like it's a little too hands off for me personally mm. because it you know because you're you're just kind of sitting there and waiting for your guy to finish killing this thing and then moving on to the next one. Obviously, when you get more allies, it gets more complicated. You fit, fight bigger enemies. You learn more skills. Just like anything else, as the game progresses, things get more complicated. Things get more fun. Right. Um, but I like it's not quite as. I don't think off the right off the bat, I would say it's as fun as something like Xenoblade Chronicles because Xenoblade Chronicles is like, you know, you're auto attacking, but you're also using uh, like you know backslash and then topple <laughs> yeah. or something like that you're using topple and then doing like major damage and you're going for that crit right mm-hmm. so you have like a certain routine or whatever and you have like these like like a certain thing you're trying to do to like execute a massive amount of damage and i don't i don't know if i've just not gotten far enough but out of like final fantasy 12 doesn't really have something like that so it doesn't really keep me as excited but i will say so here's the saving grace though of this remaster um and i i, I did confirm that it's only in the remaster so on uh, in the Zodiac Age, if you press the L1 button, it gives you a fast forward option. Oh, that's nice. That's very nice. Every literally every like you your character moves twice as fast, and like everything the entire world like just moves twice as fast, and your combat goes twice as fast. Everything just goes twice as fast because, um, in that game, obviously auto attacking takes for fucking ever. Like your hit rate is just so slow. Right. And um. On top of that, you're covering a lot of ground like all the time. You're doing a lot of backtracking because there's just not a whole lot of fast traveling. So that's a saving grace. And on top of that, like to make it even better, if you hold L1 and press the right, uh, right on the D-pad, it actually goes to four times speed. Yeah, that's which is, useful. Yeah, so that at that point it's just ridiculously fast, and sometimes you lose track of where you're at in battle, and then you just die because you're like you just took too much damage. Um, but it's it's yeah, it's super useful with how much backtracking. And honestly, gonna it probably cuts probably about a quarter off your gameplay. Yeah. If not more. I mean, final fantasy tens remastered did the same thing, which I was very grateful for. I think it helped out the game a lot. Final fantasy 10 did it with the remaster of it. Yeah. Um, Wait, there's a fast forward button. Yeah. They added a fast forward. It might've been only on the PC version maybe, but I know for a fact there was one there for the PC. I version. don't remember that. Unless um, I just didn't know about it. Cause they don't really tell you about it in final fantasy, uh, 12. At least I don't remember them doing it. I just kind of discovered it when I was hitting all the buttons. Right. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, you still obviously have many upon many hours to go through in Final Fantasy XII oh, if, yeah. if you yeah, decide to like, beat it. 
right yeah. right i was playing a lot of other things before i even started playing that but right i mean it's definitely like the, the world's quote kept me it kept me interested more than anything and that's the most important thing when it comes to jrpgs for sure yeah it's good um i kind of want to talk about a game i've been playing which is also a final fantasy game fun fact um, Final fantasy yeah so for some reason i have had this itch to play an mmo and i can't MMOs. i can't explain why you know i'm not a big mmo player like when i played you know i played like a two-week trial of wow back in the day and i was like wow this is boring um you know that's funny because i had the same experience yeah and um i played like i tested out a few like free-to-play mmos like you know throughout high school and stuff uh, especially like korean ones uh, i played a little bit of vindictus recently and you know it's been like i played vindictus for a while yeah i mean last time i played vindictus was like months ago but yeah i'm not a big mmo player like i don't get into it i don't look forward to that that you know level 99 end game or whatever um right but yeah recently i've been feeling like i kind of want to play an mmo so i've been toying with the idea of jumping into final fantasy 14 and finally decided to do it because i found out that they have a free trial where you can play the game for free up to level like 35 hmm. yeah so it's not even like time based you know i can take my sweet sweet time getting to level 25 and uh within a five or so days of playing i have put more than 20 hours into it and i'm sitting <laughs> pretty at level 25 oh snap yeah um it's actually way funner than i thought it'd be and i, I took the time to think to myself like what is it about final fantasy 14 that i'm really like wanting like what keeps me coming back and probably because it's not funner it's actually more fun because funner isn't a word robber it is uh in my world um but i think the reason i keep coming back to it isn't that it does one thing very well it's just that it does all of the mmo systems just you know like it does a really decent job at all of it like all the combat so feels good is, and is it actiony or is it more like auto attacky wow type it's it's combat auto attacky wow combat you right click something and you start and you walk up to it and start punching it and then you mm-hmm. have like you know your skills that you've hot barred and you know you just unleash those skills they all have and like the whatever yeah, they all have like the crazy cooldowns and all that stuff yeah and, um you know all about managing your cooldowns like obviously i'm nowhere near end game so like i don't have a lot of managing to do per se um right. I, I decided to play the monk pugilist class which does have like a combo with your skills and that's like probably the most complex it's gotten for me so far um but I, i've kept coming back to it i can't tell you why but it's pretty hmm. solid and i'm starting to get a little afraid because i feel like i might buy into it after i hit oh, the level no. cap <laughs> and it's a subscription mmo too so it's like that's that's just not good that's just no, that's a lot of money no back up back away robert yeah back away. i mean no to, so like to be fair it's i mean it's successful for a reason right it's i think it's the second uh highest selling subscription-based mmo and that's like that's tough to do when wow exists you know wow is still number oh, one sure. but it's like, i mean it you know you don't think that another mmo could succeed um with a subscription-based policy and yet final fantasy 14 is swimming very well right now 
yeah, honestly, like, I mean, every time I've seen one of my buddies play it, it's always looked, like, pretty appealing, like, to the eye, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I mean, it looked like it was fun. Are you playing solo right now? Yeah, I'm playing it solo. So what they do in the uh, the trial, they kind of gimp you, so you can't make friends. <laughs> like, you cannot add oh. anyone to your friends list. You cannot party up unless someone who actually owns the game invites you to their party, but they can't friend you lame yeah uh it's purely meant to be um you know you experience the game to see if you're into the game and i'm sure that it's also their way of kind of like curbing you know like real money trading and stuff like that um yeah so you i've been playing solo for the most part there are occasional times where like the quest calls for you know use use this system to like match make and party up and like do this instance dungeon which is kind mm-hmm. of annoying because, like, at lower levels, not many people are doing it. Uh, so sometimes the queuing takes a while. You're just kind of sitting there for, like, literally more than 15 minutes just waiting for three other oh. people. Yeah. Uh, so that's a little bit annoying. Uh, definitely something I think would be alleviated once you, like, if you buy the game and you can actually, like, make friends <laughs> in the game. Um, so you can call up, like, hey, healer friend, like, join my party so I can do this thing real quick please yeah that kind of stuff right yeah medic yeah <laughs> um yeah so like i i don't know like I, I i definitely think it looks cool but i've always been kind of afraid to get into an mmo not that i, I haven't i've never really found one that i've gotten like insanely into like i've tried runescape i've tried wow i tried vindictus i think i i tried a few more than that too that i don't really remember um but i never really found a particular one that i ever got really into um shit i think the one i tried the hardest to get into was uh lord of the rings online because it was right. lord of the rings right um but it was not like lord of the rings online was like it's not bad it's just pretty meh mm. like it's just not great There's nothing there to keep you going oh elder scrolls online too i forgot about that one i was actually a beta yeah. tester for that I, one. I tried the beta test for that one and it was perfectly okay i've heard it's gotten better since then yeah it's it's not bad it's just uh i don't know me and my friend played it one night it was just like are are we just are we just doing fetch quests just endless amounts of fetch quests because that's what it felt like welcome to mmos that's like all i've been (laughs) doing in final fantasy 14 dude that's like all it feels like and it's like it just gets annoying it's like okay go here grab this thing now bring it back and i'm like oh okay and then auto attack shit on the way there yeah it's like I don't um, know, man. I don't. I guess I don't quite see the appeal. Um, uh, I think one of the things that appeals to me the most with fourteen, like compared to other MMOs, is um, you know when you like choose a character in a class, you're stuck with that class forever unless you create a new character. Mm-hmm. Um, with Final Fantasy fourteen, you can actually change your class on the fly. Like whenever mm-hmm. you want, you just change what weapon you have equipped, and it changes what your class is. Now, granted, you're going to take, I don't like penalties because. If you start the game as, like, say, a warrior, like a gladiator type, um, you get that thing up to, like, level, you know, 30, and then you decide, hey, Mm -hmm. I also want to be, like, a conjurer, a healer class. Um, Mm -hmm. You can, like, do a little quest that lets you switch to your healer class, but the healer class starts at level one, and you have to, like, train that class back up to, you know, like, to get to level 30 if you want to switch to the warrior, from the warrior to the healer with, like, minimal like you know losing your stats and stuff if that makes Mm -hmm. sense um so you'd still be training each class like up from the from zero but you don't need to change your character to change your class which i think is kind of cool yeah i guess it's kind of cool yeah 
But yeah. I don't I don't know like like how much how much of a point is there in that though? Is it just kind of like you're keeping the appearance of your previous character and that's about it or um yeah, I mean, I guess that's kind of pretty much it. Like certain like certain characters based on your race like give you small bonuses to like your strength, your dex or something oh, like that. Okay, so technically okay. some classes will be better for others. Um I just think it's more like it's cool that you know, you can basically create your own Dovahkiin, you know what I mean? Like that one character mm. that can do everything. Oh yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. Jack of all trades. Right. Um obviously it t- it'll take a lot of work. Like I imagine it'd take months of grinding to get every class up to the highest level, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. But the fact that you can do that with one character, I think is pretty cool. Yeah, it is. It is really cool. You know, what's funny is like, I was, uh, cause you mentioned final fantasy 11 earlier too, right? The the MMO. Right. And uh, like, I, uh, there one of the YouTubers I follow is like, he was like hugely addicted into that game when it dropped, like to the point where he would play like eight to 12 hours a day for weeks on end. Um, Yeah, it was rough. Um, but anyway, apparently I heard that game, like it, the servers are still up and the, apparently the game is still really good from what I've, I've been hearing. Really? So like, yeah, I guess I didn't even know it was still relevant, but I guess it still has a huge, huge, huge player base. Huh. Um, so that's cool. Um, but yeah, yeah man, Who it, it's crazy. Like, you know, thinking of final fantasy and like where it started, you know, like on the NES, all the way up to like nowadays, we have like multi massively multiplayer games, and we have cup noodle like cup noodles in our Final Fantasy and our uh, Audi R8s. This episode but, of Final Fantasy was supported by cup noodles. Yeah, and uh, what, what was the other thing that I saw? Uh, it was like some sort of credit card company I saw in in uh, Final Fantasy 15 too. I can't remember which one it was. Oh, I can't. I don't know, dude. It was like because you walk up to the stores and it has um, um, like Capital. I think it's Capital One, maybe. Oh, really? Or something like that. Yeah, Jeez. like just just walk, just pay attention when you walk into the storefronts. I must have missed but, that. But uh, yeah, like old. Th- but speaking of like you know older video games, one of the oldest, you know, one of the biggest retro names in video games is making a comeback. Mm. Robert, what the fuck is the Atari box? <laughs> I don't know. I I'd like to ask everyone in the world that question. Like, what in the actual fuck? is the atari box like what is this okay so atari one of like one of like video gaming legends right in terms of like the creation of video games um like they're they're back for some reason i don't know i don't know why i mean i guess it's cool no robert they're only back to promote the new blade runner it's fine fair (laughs) so they're 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 back again they've repatented themselves or whatever um they've recopyrighted or something uh and they're releasing small details about this thing called the atari box which is like this mini it looks like a mini uh atari 2600 yes but with no cartridge slot yeah uh, it has like four usbs an hdmi port and uh i want to say an ethernet it. maybe there's or an is, ethernet? Is it ethernet i want to say there is um oh no an sd card slot not even ethernet wow yeah so i think the only details they've released is like well like one pictures of it so there's like a wooden version and then like the sleek red version well like black and red version yeah i don't know which version i like more to be honest with you i don't know i mean the wood one has that retro feel right yeah but the black and red would look slick as hell and it look it looks like it's trying to promote the new blade runner though it really like does. it looks straight out of blade runner man um <laughs> it really does but yeah and, and the only other details we have is that it's meant to play classic games and 
like current content whatever that means yeah and current game content like what is that like twitch streaming I don't or know. like android based games like is it going to be an ouya well because right like, right now this seems like it's trying to hit the nes classic snes classic market like that dude i wonder if the controller is going to have a light bar <laughs> And then Atari's like, this is this is the only controller in the market with the light bar. Like, what other controller have you seen done that? Uh, the PS4 <laughs> has a controller that does that. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Oh. I mean, there, there's a reason Ouya is the obviously the most successful console on the planet. Um, of course, because it's got a fan on the inside. Of course, no other console or PC in the world, for that matter, thought of, hey, let's put a fan in there. Um, no, but like back to the Atari box, man. I just I look at it and I think like. I guess that's cool, but like there isn't as much nostalgia for old school Atari because that's like old. That's older than the Nintendo, you know. All like, right, and it's it's, it's honestly like, even a lot of retro gamers would be like, yeah, it's a little, it's a little too uh, archaic for me. Yeah, um, I mean, because this was like and, eight, on, like this was seventies, eighties, right? Yeah, or, se- yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. And when seventy seven, I, I think twenty six hundred came out in seventy seven, something like that. And when I when I look at this, I think classic games. Okay, um, I guess that's cool. I I I mean, I can't bang on it because I think it's cool that the NES Classic and SNES Classic are coming out to do that same thing. When I think of current content, I'm just thinking like, what? Like, I can't wait to play that new Atari game. Like, Atari hasn't released a new game in years. You know. I mean. They have, I mean, they have been a publishing company though for a while. They have, but like, I, I can't think of anything that they've done recently where I'm like, I can't wait to get this one console to play their games. Oh yeah, for sure. They haven't released a console since '94 uh, with the Jaguar. Yeah. Um. So, oh, by the way, 1977 was when the 2600 came out. Gotcha. October of that year. Two hundred dollars. Wow, that's a steal. <laughs> for that uh, Atari, you play play your shitty version of Pac Man on. Yeah. But no, it's just, I don't know. It just, it seems, cause I, I guess calling this a console isn't fair. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's going for that console market. No, it's definitely not going to be like up there with the PS4 or Xbox one or anything like that. Yeah. It'd be stupid if it was trying to do that. It's instant death. Yeah. And I just, I don't get what they're doing. Cause what they're doing is bad. What they're doing is dumb from a marketing standpoint, in my opinion, cause you have to build up a lot of credos to have, um, to do this whole like we're gonna give you morsels of information like bit by bit you know what i mean like nintendo can get away with that marvel Dude, can like, get away it's with like that. they're doing it's like they're doing a kickstarter without doing a kickstarter yeah. you know what i mean it, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's exactly what it is it's like so we're gonna listen to your feedback and listen to what you have to say and we're gonna trickle out morsels of information as this as this thing gets developed because we don't even have this thing fully finished yet i don't so uh, this kind of almost reminds me of uh, I don't know if you followed the story about the Coleco chameleon at all. Have you have you heard uh, about this? Like old school, right? So so the Coleco Vision, right? Yeah. So the this company, there this group of people. I can't remember the exact story. I'm a little shaky on it, but I have to read up on it again. Anyway, like this company or group of people bought up the name Coleco, right? And claimed that they were going to come out with a brand new like retro type console. And call it the Coleco Chameleon. And so you looked at this thing, right? And they were actually, they had it like at a bunch of like retro expos. And it was like a clear shell that was almost like, it almost had like the shape of an Atari Jaguar, but if the shell of it was clear. Uh Uh-huh. And then 
like it was actually running uh, a bunch of retro games on it. Well, turns out that the demos that they were doing at all these shows showing off this quote unquote new console, new retro console, that it was the guts of an SNES two <laughs> that they had taken out of its shell and inserted into this other shell. And then they had an, uh, I think it's an, it was an SNES EverDrive in the cartridge slot running games. Interesting. So, yeah, so they basically faked the development of this console to try to make a buck, and they were they got thousands of dollars on Kickstarter or GoFundMe or wherever it was. Are you implying that Atari's trying to do the same thing? I'm not saying that they're trying to do the same thing, but it kind of like, okay, we're going to give you more details as it trickles out sort of thing. Like, as we're developing it, it's kind of like... Not quite as shaky, not quite as shady, because they're not begging for money, obviously. Because, I mean, Atari still has that all that money from publishing so many games over the years. Right. But, like, it, it definitely has, like, it definitely has the potential to be somewhere in that ballpark, I guess. And not that I wanted to go there, of course. I want it to be a really cool thing. But we're just going to have to learn more about it before we can say anything more i guess yeah i guess i mean like the thing is i want it to be a cool thing but i can't i can't picture in my head what it has to do or what it has to be to be a cool thing you know what i mean i just look at it and think like that that looks like something i just fit in my pocket and walk around with it because it's cool like there's nothing right like it's and they're not quite trying to pitch this as like an nes classic so they're making it a little bit more or like a little bit less throwaway than something like that they're not just making it doesn't seem like it's just going to be a like a excuse me like a rom console like yeah you know what i mean it's it's going to be something that has roms on it or something but like something more beyond that so it's i don't know is it going to be like a rom console fused with what an ouya could do or is it going to be like a streaming box like can you stream games or is it going to be like a steam link i don't know who knows like <laughs> the steam link for my uh, atari 2600 so i don't need to carry it downstairs to play it in the living room you know what i mean exactly yeah <laughs> God, I don't know. I just I look at this thing and I just think to myself like what's it doing here? It, Atari is like not to sh- not to attack Atari in any way cuz what they've done for the gaming industry is magnificent and spectacular back in its heyday for sure. Um mm-hmm. but now I just feel like they're trying to give themselves this place in the modern gaming industry that I don't think they've earned, you know? Cuz like yeah, this this would be kind of s- silently publishing games and now they're like hey yeah this would this would be like if nintendo like if nintendo stopped publishing like in the 90s like the snes was a failure and they just like stopped and then they just suddenly came back and like guys do you want an nes classic and it's like no (laughs) right yeah that's that's exactly what i'm thinking too is like i think they're just kind of trying to ride that wave of like what the nes and snes classic and the uh the sega genesis flashback we're trying to ride on yeah you know what i mean so like they're just going to come out and like we're gonna hey like you know you guys you older people remember atari right like hey this is the nes classic treatment for your atari but it looks just a a little bit more fancier than that so i think i don't know it looks a little bit more expensive so it's got to be able to do something that like special that we don't know about yet yeah. I mean, or at least we could hope. Yeah, no, this this thing will cook for you. When you buy it, it will do all your chores. It'll pick up after you. I mean, it's got that that grill shape going on, dude. You could like you could grill burgers bur- on it. Do you could grill that burgers in like a like that fucking really weird angular angular shape that it's got going on? Oh uh, yeah, you got that the Atari Grill Master right here. Yeah, it's like at a 120 degree angle or whatever the hell that is. <laughs> god i don't know it's just okay here's the thing when you're talking about a new console or a new gaming hardware likening it to a grill is probably not 
<laughs> the first a thing you want done about it is a grill. <laughs> Man, I dude, don't know. I don't know. I'm like, if I do get one of these, I might have to lean towards the red and black one because, damn, fair enough. Pretty. I'm not know. gonna lie though. Like, even though it is kind of like it's ugly, it's kind of cool at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's kind of cool looking, but I'm like, we'll see what it does first. I don't know. Yeah, I I want to hear what it does because right now I'm just very not even lukewarm about it. I just don't care. I think it's kind it's of so funny that like it's so funny that we're getting that this much discussion out of like something we know nothing about. I, yeah, it's just because it's. I mean, we don't know anything about it, but it's also like we at least know about Atari, and we know that Atari hasn't done anything significant in the gaming industry for years. I mean, they're they're getting press, man. Yeah, I mean, they are. I guess at the end of the day, they're getting press because everyone's like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's just. I want to know more. They need to release way more details sooner rather than later. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't even. They don't even think they give us like a vague idea of when this thing's going to be released. Yeah, this trickling idea of information is just not, not good. Hmm. But I guess in the same way, like other big companies have been trickling out information slowly too, and people are still kind of hype about it. Uh, like an example hmm. I'm thinking of, Square Enix with Kingdom Hearts Three. <laughs> You know, that that game that <laughs> will never be released, but we still get information oh, about it. You know, like every year, tune in in yes. winter. Tune in for winter now, time. Now, now in development. Yeah. <laughs> now Dude, in I'm development just, I'm again. Just wait, I'm just waiting for that fi- like Final Fantasy. Uh, no, it was a Final... Or not, not Final Fantasy 15. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 uh, Uncovered Revent. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the fucking Final Fantasy rele- release date for the release date event. <laughs> God, I, I still can't believe they did that with Final Fantasy 15. I mean, 15 is the same way, I guess, right? Because, you know, that game. Dude, like, Ugh. dude, shout out to, like, Greg Miller and, like, Tim Geddes, though, because they had to host that, because they're, they're both guys from Kind of Funny, the podcast. Right. And, uh, like, they talked about it on their podcast after it happened, too, because you know how the event happened and, like, the, the release they got leaked, and then the game ended up getting pushed back anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, so Tim and Greg on their podcast are like, fuck, guys, like, <laughs> we went through all that shit, and now, like, we just look like asses, because the, all the, the release, got, release they got pushed back another two months anyway. Yeah, I, I have a feeling that might be what's happening with Kingdom Hearts 3 as well, but instead of, like, announcing a release date and pushing it back, they're just saying, fuck the release date, we'll just, you know, we'll, we'll keep pushing it's, it's, it back. It's, we'll, it's probably coming in 2018, but probably yes. not. Um. So yeah, you saw that that new trailer they dropped at Disney Expo, right? Dude, they diggity dropped it though. Yeah, that was really cool. So at the end of that trailer, they said coming 2018, which like finally, like thanks. <laughs> you know, thank you for finally giving me some closure even though that's a 365 day window. Thank Honestly, you. Honestly, estimating December. December. Yeah. Say I I'm expecting like I wouldn't be surprised if they push it back to like early 2019, like Q1 2019. But yeah, Q1 20, New Year's Eve 2019. <laughs> like at least we have some kind of window now, which I think is more than we could say for the past 11 years, 12 years since Kingdom Hearts 2. You know what's always really funny to me, speaking of release dates, is when people hit up like fucking V or like Reddit and they're like, guys. So-and-so game has a release date. It's December 31st. So-and-so year. <laughs> like, motherfucker. Like, how many times do we have to tell people it's a placeholder? Yeah, it's a placeholder. It's a placeholder. 
Oh my god, dude! I see it so much, and I guarantee that's what Kingdom Hearts Three is at right now. It's going to be released on New Year's Eve. But like, what if Tetsuya Nomura is like trolling us? Turns out it actually oh. comes out on New Year's Eve this year. Yeah, that'd be <laughs> that'd be great. Right at midnight. That'd be that'd be great. I'd buy it. No. Oh my god. But yeah, you got a chance to see that trailer, right? Of course. It's so it's so good. It's so dude. Good. It's so glorious. It's so good. Everything, dude. Everything about that it was just like this. This is what I want. Just give it to me. Like, here's the thing. For as much shit as I give Kingdom Hearts 3 for, like, oh, it's never going to come out, every time I see a trailer, I'm just like, no, it's so good. I need it. Not going to lie. Like, that trailer kind of made me want to cry. <laughs> <laughs> like, like honestly, though, like, the best part of that whole trailer was just hearing Woody and Buzz talk in Japanese. Oh, yeah. That was, that was great. <laughs> that was some good stuff. Um no, so for yeah, it's they, let's see. They've confirmed that Toy Story is now in Kingdom Hearts three. Yes, it, if I remember right, it's the very first Pixar based um, like story that'll show up in Kingdom Hearts. Everything um, else is well. Been I mean, they they had already announced uh, Tangled and Big Hero six before that. I don't know if like I think those are both Disney though, right? They're not. Uh, yeah. they're not Pixar. Um, oh wait, the Big Hero Six is in Pixar. I don't think so. Oh, I mean, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that Toy Story is the very first uh, Pixar story to be in Kingdom Hearts Three, which I think is pretty cool. And um, they've confirmed that the the Kingdom Hearts portion of the Toy Story story, it's weird, um, is happening after Kingdom uh, after Toy Story Two, I believe. Mm-hmm, but, between Toy Story Two and Three, right? Um, so they're saying that it's like it could be canon like Sora could have always existed. Yeah. They're like, I mean, there's no reason why it couldn't be canon. That's kind of what they, they told us. Right. I think that's really, really cool that they're kind of doing that. Cause previously, you know, it, it was like, this isn't canon. Like Sora never helped, you know, Tarzan save Jane like in the real oh, story. Yeah. But I think it's cool that they're kind of making it like, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I don't know. Um, but Dude, we'll- like, Oh, just the way they recreated that world and that space. It, it was just so perfect. It looks like a movie. It looked like it a is real... identical to the fucking movie. Yeah, I thought Everything. I was watching Toy Story 4 trailer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it looks so great. You got a friend in me. <laughs> um, when they were showing off all the combat, though, man, that was so really, like, cool. I loved it uh, all. It dude, was, it looks so looks satisfying. So and the thing is, like, dude, it's like... Just the amount of different gameplay elements that they added in this game is just ridiculous. There's always something going on on screen. Yeah, always. It, it almost looks like um, Overload. You know, like there's too much going on. Like I feel like it takes some time to get used to it and try to but parse that, all the details. Like, that's kind of always what Kingdom Hearts is towards the end game, though. Like yeah. you play Kingdom Hearts two and it gets to the point where you're just basically floating wizard boy, right? Slinging magic around and blowing shit up. So. <laughs> Yeah, and that's true. I, I've noticed there's a lot more, like, forms isn't the right word, but, you know, in Kingdom Hearts 3 in that trailer, you saw, like, Drill Punch or, like, that hammer, that war hammer thing he got. Mm. You know, they're, like, oh, it's a lot more interactive, like, ways to change your combat up rather than just, like, drives, which I think is right. pretty cool. Um, no, I think Kingdom Hearts 3 is shaping up to be a banger of a game. I think it's going to kill it dude when it comes out i like honestly like based on the gameplay we've been shown so far even like the part where they showed uh it was uh woody buzz uh donald and goofy and sora like they were all fighting on the roof yeah and like and then like they're like oh well they're gonna jump off the roof and it's gonna be a loading screen 
Nope. And then you're going to be on the ground. And then they're like, nope, we're just going to skydive right off there. Yeah. And they and were using just, like, the, uh, the free there. flow system. Yeah. I saw right. that. Yeah. Yeah. And like a flow motion and uh, drops and all that good stuff. Right. Yeah. I think because here's the thing. We've been getting enough trailers uh, where you see full fledged combat. You know, I'm, I'm pretty sure we've gotten trailers about like at least a year ago, maybe. Um, oh, we also it's also worth noting. We saw a little bit more of Olympus at the beginning of the trailer, too. Right. Uh, but yeah, we've been seeing a lot of trailers with a lot of good development in them for a while. So I think it's pretty clear that this game has been in development for a while. I mean, it has been in development mm-hmm. for a while, but it's like they're polishing it to such a sheen, you know, like they know that this game can't fail. You know, not not right. in a way where like it's going to sell like hotcakes, but in a way that if this game fails, it will be one of the biggest upsets in the gaming industry and they cannot have that happen that'd be such right. a it's kind of like the final fantasy 15 situation all over again right it'd be such a blemish on their their record and you know like 15 it it did have a similar like it needed to live up to a high standard and i think well, yeah because they, they were just throwing so much money at it yeah and they did it fairly well i think kingdom hearts 3 is gonna have to deliver in the same and way what was it that i saw it was i think they ended up breaking even on final fantasy 15 or something Something like that, maybe. Yeah. That's insane, dude. Yeah, I mean... I don't know. I think I'd love to see more of Kingdom Hearts 3, for sure. Uh, Mm -hmm. But we're obviously a year away, at least a year away, probably, from seeing it on store shelves. Yeah. It's just going to be... It's going to be like a last Guardian over. Like, this is is in my hands right now. (laughs) This is is real. Yeah. Seriously, though. Um... But yeah, I think that's, that should wrap it up. I think we should probably lead, lead into the last part of our show. Uh, the good old, right. would you rather, or what's the loophole to this would you rather? So what yeah, we're going to... Sans jacked this week, sadly. Right. So we're going to do what happened on the episode two weeks ago, where it was just me and Jack, where instead of one person asking the other two, a would you rather, we're each going to ask each other, a would you rather? Um, and we haven't told each other what these questions are yet, as per custom. So, you know, why don't you hit me first, Colin? What do you got? Okay. Hopefully Jack didn't give this one to you before, but um so, would you rather save the life of a starving African child that you will never meet or or have an actual working fucking lightsaber? Oh, lightsaber. Easy. Done. <laughs> Done deal. <laughs> really oh yeah it's uh, to me it's not even a question because here's the thing like saving someone i'm never gonna meet like it's it's good it's a lofty ideal like good morals and all that right but i'm not gonna see the fruits of that labor and i'm realistic enough to know that i'd like to see the fruits of my labor rather than just you know somehow saying i fed this person you know what i mean yeah and and feeding a child is it's a huge undertaking. It's not just like, here's your, here's your KFC number one. Um, here you go. Take it. You're done. You're fed, right? Here's your KFC number one. <laughs> yeah, here's, your, here's your number one from KFC. Like you're done. Oh no, God. it's, it's, it's a daily thing. You know, you don't just feed a child once and be like, I did it. I raised the child done. You know, like mm. what? 
I no, I'm just I'm just kind of thinking about it, man. It's like, yeah, but you could do a lot of shit with that lightsaber, though. <laughs> yeah, you could do a lot with that lightsaber. And like, I wouldn't use it to threaten people or anything, but it just it'd be cool. Like, imagine cosplaying, right? Like, you you'd be the only yeah. one at the con with a real lightsaber, dude. But holy fuck, that's so dangerous. It's so dangerous. I can imagine the heat coming off of that thing. But it'd be so cool. It'd be rad, <laughs> dude. Yeah, then you like you know three limbs off later. <laughs> I don't know I think because I probably wouldn't even swing the lightsaber around that much but it'd just be something cool to have and cool like it come on let's be honest it'd be cool to be able to say like hey I've got an actual for real working lightsaber back in my place you know what I mean yeah yeah just make sure no one drunk holds it and we're good yeah you're gonna be hired for so many bank heists bro cut right through those fucking metal vault doors Jesus (laughs) (laughs) that's where your mind goes straight to uh, yeah, it's like, can you cut any faster? I'm going. <laughs> it reminds me of that uh, the part in uh, GTA Five. You're underwater and you're like cutting through the the metal bars underwater, and you have to break into the. Is it is a bank. I can't remember, but yeah. No, I feel you. Okay, so you ready for a question? I was born ready. All right. So this is regarding alcohol. Would you rather be extremely lightweight, like one beer, and you're done? Like that's like mm-hmm. you're you're just like the bartender wants to cut you off after one beer. That's how bad you are. Mm-hmm. Or never be able to drink alcohol again. Like from here on out. Mm. I mean, I don't know. Like like when you when you say like I I drink one beer. Like you're talking like I'm absolutely fucking blackout drunk, smashed, or like yeah, like you you will not remember that night when you finish a beer, like. That that's as Jesus much Christ. as you can take. Yeah, I'm talking like super lightweight. <laughs> I just don't have a liver anymore. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> like if you drink a second beer, you would get alcohol poisoning. Oh my god! I mean, Jesus, I don't, I don't even know. Like, would there even be much of a point of drinking at that point? You take one shot of Jack and you're dead, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah, you are I mean, dead. I mean, as long as that's all you have in the hour, you're fine, right? Because, like, a shot has about the same amount of alcohol as a beer as long as you only, like, do one or the other within an hour. I guess that's true. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I guess I'd rather just take, like, the the lightweight things just so I can have the possibility. But mm-hmm. otherwise, like, I mean, the other option is no, not drinking at all. And it's like, I mean, I could just do that anyway if I was a lightweight. So. Right. Okay. I mean, might as well. Yeah. Because, I mean, the way I see it is if you take the super lightweight option, like, at least you, you'll you know so you can pace yourself, right? God, like, you're, you're pacing yourself, like, <laughs> one sip an hour. Like, yeah, you have to pace yourself real hard. But also, God, dr- drinking would be hella cheap. Hell yeah, it would be. Jesus. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you'd be... <laughs> you'd be <laughs> you save so much money in alcohol. It's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Like you buy a twelve yeah, pack that dr- lasts you the year. <laughs> yeah, I'm still drinking that one fifty well that I got earlier tonight. Oh, oh yeah, God. when'd you get that? Like four fu- four or five fucking hours ago. <laughs> like at that point, it's, the it's ice just is water melted. now. Yeah, it's just yeah. water. It's just yeah. colored water. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah okay i think that should wrap us up though for uh this week's episode of the tiny disc podcast uh in lieu of jack not being here i'd just like to remind you guys that we're still running that contest so all you got to do is give us five stars on itunes follow us on twitter uh tweet at us using the hashtag tdp and subscribe to our podcast and uh, you'll be in the running to win a cash prize of some kind um you know just give us a review on itunes follow twitter tweet at us with the hashtag and you're good to go uh and also subscribe so yeah uh just keep the entrance coming in and we'd like to see more people do this and it'd be pretty cool uh you can follow our podcast on twitter at tiny disc podcast you can also email us at tiny at gmail.com um i think that's uh that's about everything for oh uh facebook as well right colin Yep. Uh, so I just got the uh, as of earlier this week, I got the official Tiny Disc Podcast uh, Facebook page up and running. You can go like that page. You can also go follow or join our Facebook group. Uh, just go ahead and uh, ask to join the group, and I'll be sure to approve you. And we'll have. Uh, I'm planning on doing some pretty fun discussions in the Facebook group once it gets up and running. And the uh, we're up to we're already up to 30 likes on the Facebook page, so feeling pretty good about that. I mean, it's, I know it's early, but uh, the 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 uh, Tiny Disc uh, Facebook page has everything you possibly need, links to episodes, uh, and we'll keep it updated to let you know what's going on with us as well as future projects and future episodes. So see you there. Yeah. Um, and I think there should be everything for all of our like show branding stuff. So Colin, where can we find you online? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, uh, Colin and Mano, a.k.a. at boo underscore underscore five five. There you go. And you can find me, Robert, on Twitter at Pinoptimist, P-I-N-O-P-T-I-M-I-S-T. Uh, you can find me on all the social medias at that handle. Uh, and that should be it for us for this week. Uh, we will still have that spoiler cast after this. So if you are interested again in Castlevania spoilers, uh, feel free to stick around. If not, this should probably be where you should stop. If you're still interested in watching Castlevania and you don't want to be spoiled, stop at the music. So uh, until next week, we'll see you next Thursday. Hashtag bring Musha back. Bye, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to our spoiler cast of Netflix's Castlevania. Castlevania. Yeah. Castlevania. So, four so episodes. So, would you like to play Castlevania? <laughs> four episodes. Like, it takes, what, 120 minutes to get... It's like a little movie, right? Uh, dude, 120 minutes. More like an hour and, like, 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's short. It's really short. Um... Okay, so I remember last week, Colin, that you had kind of uh, very positive impressions of the show. Yeah, I, I actually very much enjoyed the uh, the four episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I man, I don't know. I can't say I'm a fan of it. I'm not gonna lie. I just I didn't like what I saw all that much. Um, really? Yeah. So we talked a little bit about so- the first episode last week, right, with Jack. Right. So what was the turnoff for you? The turnoff? Um, part of it might just be that, like, I can't be bothered with 
fantasy TV shows and movies. Like, I'm okay. not a fan of Lord of the Rings. I'm going to be honest, can't get into Game of Thrones. I think this, like, even though I love Castlevania, this might be suffering the same thing, where it's like, to me, it's not fun to watch this kind of stuff. But... Oh, it's just not for you? It might be that, but also, after seeing all four episodes, at the end, I thought, this doesn't deserve to be four episodes. This should have just been two episodes, two 30-minute episodes at most. Or maybe just two 20-minute episodes. I feel like they could have condensed a lot of the details that were really pointless and didn't feel like they contributed to anything. Because it now, mm. to me, feels like I wasted a lot of my time watching it. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow, you feel very strongly about this. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Okay, so yeah, at this point, we assume that you've seen all four episodes. So I think episode two, yeah. extremely useless. All that, all that really did was build up uh trevor to be like he's a drunk but can fight that's the only good I thing mean, to come out of that character development's character development man i don't know i really enjoyed it because the trevor's character was like it was hilarious and i mean obviously trevor belmont's played by uh, richard Ar- armitage who does i think a really nice job i don't know because i think it was like i wasn't really thinking that it was going to be he was going to be more of like the cocky ass like cursing a lot swearing a lot getting drunk kind of character like i wasn't mm-hmm. playing on the uh the voice acting being that jarring for the series like i didn't think it was going to be that in your face and sort of gritty um and so like i kind of liked that because it was it was a little bit different than what i was expecting but in a good way um I don't know. I, I really like Trevor Bel- Belmont's character because, um, you know, he decides to nuts up, n- nut up a little bit uh, next episode or two. I can't remember if that's three or four. And then he's just like, yeah, so like, you know, I'm going to live up to the family name and start killing shit and like lead this small little militia that I got going on. And see, that's that's what bothers me about his character because I, I love character development. Like, you know, I think it's when it's done well, it's one of the most satisfying narrative elements you could have in any story any movie any video game any tv show but four Mm. episodes is very short to develop a Mm -hmm. character and you think the transition was too sudden the transition made no sense to me it was like okay it was very obvious at the beginning that he was like i mean he's a drunk he resorts to alcohol right so like something bad happened to him previously to make him this way right Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden he saves a girl and then meets Alucard and is like, I'm going to take up the Belmont name again. I will be a proud son of the Belmonts and I will eradicate all the evil Draculas. You know, it just to me, it was like, what's your catalyst? Is it just because you saved a woman? Is it just because you've met the son of Dracula who's, you know, Dracula backwards? Like, it didn't feel like a right catalyst mm. and it felt like such a short time. And it felt like nothing directly happened to Belmont. It's just that he saw these characters and was like, yeah, I guess I could I could save the world. Why not? Yeah, yeah. Um honestly, yeah, I can I can see where you're coming from from the, with this argument. He's playing more of like a uh almost like a Dante from Devil May Cry sort of character. Mm-hmm. Like li- really lazy bastard, but when he has to step up, he decides to step up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Otherwise, he just doesn't give a shit. That's the, that's the kind of vibe I got off of him, so I think I I think since I got that idea in my head, I was just kind of like expecting it and it was just, it just sort of happened. Like I, so I guess that archetype, I just sort of expect that sort of transition. And I, uh, to me, it was just sort of when it was going to hit. And 
So it, I guess, and you're you're not wrong. You're you're right. It's it's a short it's a short amount of time to develop a character. I agree with that. Um, and I guess I just wasn't really perceiving it that way, just because I kind of saw where the character was. Like I predicted where the character was going in my head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, to me, I think they built him up too much to be like this sad drunk who doesn't care about helping people. Uh, well, not necessarily doesn't care about helping people, or but it's like to the point where he's resigned to his fate kind of a feeling you know Mm -hmm. because it's such a big swing to go from like i am a belmont like especially in castlevania lore like if you're a belmont you don't give up like you go until you've beaten the game you know what i mean right right Uh, right. so when i saw like oh this is a belmont oh he's resorted to alcohol oh he, he kind of like only drinks now and he gets into bar fights Oh, it felt yeah, like he started. He, he, he kind of starts out as like the anti-hero archetype. Yeah, I don't know. It just felt like he had given up, and then all of a sudden got a new life, which was a little jarring to me. Uh, and I think part of the reason too that it just didn't sell so well to me is that I actually thought the voice acting was subpar in this show. Really? Oh yeah. Really? I feel like a lot of the lines weren't delivered that well. A lot of the lines kind of felt more like they were read than they were said. Does that make sense? Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I guess, I guess that that makes sense. I don't know. I didn't really think of it that way, but I guess. But yeah, and and sometimes the the faces that were drawn, I felt didn't quite fit the voice acting that was attached to it. So there was some kind of disconnect there. I and to me, and I think I can agree with that to a certain degree. Yeah, and I think because the voice acting wasn't sold so hard to me, I just it a lot of it didn't feel good to me you know a lot of it was just kind of like boring i i don't know i'm i i think i sort of liked it more in the sense of like i i took it as more of like a shut your brain off and kind of watch this revenge story unfold Mm. and then like badass character comes in and then more badass character comes in and starts everyone just starts whipping ass and there's gore and blood everywhere <laughs> whip whip <laughs> just like yeah right exactly and uh so i don't i don't know like i guess i just kind of went into this series uh you know with a different mentality like i wasn't because i guess i wasn't i didn't have like insanely high expectations so like i don't know what was there made me happy and i was satisfied and i was happy watching it and i would gladly watch more of it personally um but i mean you you definitely are reading into it more than I did for sure, um, but I I respect that opinion for sure. Like that you notice a lot of that stuff because I didn't. I must not have mm-hmm. just because of that preconceived notion that I had. Yeah, I mean I don't know when I when I look at that show, I think the best parts and I frankly maybe the only parts that were really worth tuning into was mm-hmm. pretty much the whole first episode because I think they do a good job of like setting up who Dracula is and why he does what he does and what he does to the human race I think they right. they set that up very well I think they could have maybe shortened it a bit and tightened it up a bit but whatever and then uh, the final scene where it's Alucard and Belmont fighting each other like that scene was pretty neat not gonna lie yeah it was pretty awesome yeah, yeah and I think that's that's maybe the best part of the whole series of that whole four episodes. Yeah. Cause, and cause the chick's like, Oh, this is the warrior we've been looking for. And he's like, nah, 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 bitch. He's a, he's a vampire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it, I mean, I'm glad that they're throwing in Alucard for sure. Like it's good that they're doing that. 
in terms of you know like the lore of castlevania and all um i don't know i mean it i'll say that because they ended on alucard i i'll tune into what season two has to offer but i'm really hoping for more direction with voice acting because here's the thing i know they have very big names like on their voice actors list you know they have like a dude from game of thrones and all that Mm -hmm. um but the game of thrones actors like they're they're actors you know what i mean they're not voice actors Mm -hmm. um and i think voice acting requires a different mindset than acting and how to put this so some people think like voice acting is just my voice that's all i need to worry about is my voice whereas when you're acting like you're doing all this other stuff you know you're emotioning you know you're using your arms and your hands you're contorting your face to show emotion and all that stuff right and right right all of that all of that external stuff makes the voice that much stronger and that much uh like it sells the voice acting a lot more and uh mm-hmm. conventionally a lot of people tend to think that I, I don't need to do all that other bullshit. Like voice acting is just my voice. I just need to like pound out the words. I can keep a dead face. I can keep my arms at rest. You know, it's whatever. Right. Yeah. So I mean, I guess um, in that aspect, it's more of my, I, I guess my lack of understanding of how voice acting is done. Cause I don't know if they actually like look at the animation while they're voice acting or if like they're do- reading off the script and then they're animating to that script after they read it. Obviously like I know when they do, dubs of Japanese shows they already have the animation's already there and they're just kind of like dubbing over it right and they just like start at a certain point and then stop at a certain point right and then they say their lines in between those two points um but whereas they're, when they're building this to the ground up I'm not, I'm not entirely sure how they do that so that could play like play a role if they're not seeing the animation first and kind of like assessing the situation and then putting their voice to it you know what I mean? Yeah. Obviously, they got to do the, they got to do lip syncing and all that to the voices. So I don't know how that works. Yeah, I couldn't tell you how that works either. But I do know just from like what I've know like what I've seen from following a bunch of other voice actors is that um, voice acting will fail if you think of it only as voice acting. And um, right, that makes sense. Yeah, and what I when I think of um, oh man, Peter Dinklage, right from Game of Thrones. Um, yeah. He did a character in Destiny 1, if I remember right. Yeah, he did Ghost. Right. right the... And uh, he's not in that game anymore. He got Yeah, they replaced him with Nolan North. Yeah, they replaced him with Nolan North because he didn't do that good of a job. And again, I don't watch Game of Thrones, but I'm sure he does a fantastic job playing his character in Game of Thrones. Like, I mean, there has to be a oh, reason. He yeah, that, yes, he does. Yeah, there has to be a reason why he's so popular, right? But... The fact that when he was given a voice acting gig, he performed, you know, not good enough to the point where they brought in a professional voice actor to replace all of his lines. Um, That kind of speaks to the idea of like, you know, some people consider acting and voice acting to be two separate things and they do voice acting uh, not as well as they do acting. Mm. And I'm getting similar vibes to that. Uh, in Castlevania here because I know a lot of these actors are very accomplished people but I feel like they could perform a lot better in terms of just voice acting here hmm. yeah yeah I yeah I guess at the end of the day I don't I don't disagree with you I just um definitely just don't think I picked up on enough to really give a good assessment on it I, I don't know because for the most part I think I enjoyed the voice acting because it wasn't really what I I was used to with animation so like it was kind of like, oh, you know, a lot of times Richard Armitage, when he played Trevor, he was mumbling or kind of like playing it like he would a character or something like that, like in a, in a live action film. And I kind of liked that 
not I don't know if they, like some people would find that unsuitable for uh, for animation, but I don't know. I guess it had a certain charm to me that I really liked. Right, and I I don't blame you for that too. Um, I will say another positive thing um, about this show that I wasn't expecting. Um, it was way gory, and I don't. It I don't, is. It's insanely gory. Yeah, and I don't mean that in a like you know oh God, ew like why I I was actually a fan of how much they were like we don't care that's an eyeball yeah, yeah we, we just, don't care we're just gonna just, let it fly yeah he just whipped a dude's eyeball out and you're seeing an eyeball fall out of a man so what yeah are you gonna do oh, something about it what were you gonna do something about <laughs> yeah or nah, dude. like the demons yeah, ripping it, humans in actual half like all that yeah, stuff i was like oh i was like are we watching berserk now okay yeah. <laughs> no um i'm actually kind of a fan that they took it that far like i didn't expect them to i thought it'd be a little bit more fa- like pg-13 in terms of violence right right um, but no they they went that full mile and i kind of commend them for that and i look forward to more of that in uh castlevania season two yeah dude i honestly like i'm i'm looking forward to more of that show i really did enjoy it yeah i i think um i'm willing to give it a chance that's fair yeah. that's all you can do yeah um so yeah final verdict i enjoyed it yeah i i think that should probably wrap us up for the spoiler cast though it's, it's definitely a shorter one not as much to analyze i think as spider-man homecoming Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, especially since it was way shorter and, I don't know, just not as much going on, kind of focused on one character, and that's about it. Right, right. Um, yeah, so I think I should wrap this up for the spoiler cast. Thanks for listening, if you're still here. Um, and this should wrap us up for this week's episode. Uh, probably won't be a spoiler cast next week. I don't imagine there's one for us. Um, no, I don't know if there's anything big coming out that we plan on seeing. Yeah, I mean, more of the for the planets of the apes came out last weekend. Oh yeah, um, yeah, that's right. Maybe. Yeah, I don't, I don't know for sure if we'll do one on that one. Uh, so don't look forward to it, I guess. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's a thing to say. Don't look forward to that. Don't uh, look forward to that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, tune in next week for another episode of the Tiny Disc Podcast. Uh, and until then, we'll see you next Thursday. Let's